Hi everyone, welcome to The Read Through, a podcast where I, Ryan, take you through my creative journey on writing a film script. On the last episode, we, we left off on the middle of page 22. And I brought a friend in today, and he's going to help us read through. He's actually going to do the reading, and I'll be the one asking questions on how he thinks the story's going to go and what things need to be changed. Hello, Bob. Uh, hello, my name's Bob. Uh, I've been a friend of Ryan's since we were only wee ones, and uh, I'm going to be your reader for today. So when we last left off, Rob and Matt were walking a little bit ahead of the group on the street. Jeff, Tyler and Alison were walking a little bit behind, talking about Jeff's very poor attempt at a date. So as they are walking, a cop car pulls up alongside them and gives a quick blast at the siren. The cop rolls down the window and says to the crew in front, What's up, boys and girl? Bit late for a midnight stroll. And Rob immediately says, Oh shit, look behind us. And Matt realises, Shit, the weed. Rob asks who has it. They look at Tyler and Matt and Rob immediately go, oh fuck. Matt and Rob are attempting to sneak away from the rest of the group without being seen by the cops. So we're back with the group behind now and Tyler says to the police officer, hey officer, we're just out in a walk. Having a walk? You okay, son? I'm okay, sir. And Jeff immediately whispers to Tyler, shut up. The cop asks, who said shut up? What don't you want him to say? And Alison says, officer, I'm just trying to get paid here. And so the cop asks, and what exactly are you trying to get paid for, miss? And there occurs an awkward silence. Alison tries to cover up by saying, I really shouldn't be here. And the cop says, you're damn right you shouldn't be here. Now all of you, turn out your pockets. So at this point, Alison starts to turn out her pockets. She knows that she has nothing illegal on her, so she has no problem with this. And the boys just look at each other nervously, knowing what is in Tyler's pockets. They hear a voice shout, fire, and everyone looks across the street to see a trash can has been lit on fire. The cops start walking into the middle of the road with their backs turned to the group, uh, at which point a stone flies from the other end of the street corner and hits Alison on the arm. Alison screams in pain. She turns around to see Matt and Rob, gesturing to her to run over to where they are, because it turns out they have been providing the distraction. Alison says to Jeff and Tyler, hey dipshits, come on, let's go. So at this point, Jeff, Tyler and Alison start to run towards Matt and Rob and out of the corner of the cop's eye, he sees them making a run for it and starts chasing them down the street. The group is running down the street with the cops a good distance behind them and the guys make a turn down an alleyway where there's a wire fence. They all jump over with ease except for Alison who gets her shoelace caught in the wire of the fence. The cops are getting closer and Jeff then climbs back up on top of the fence to help her. He quickly pulls at her leg, uh, hoping the lace will come loose. And as it does, they fall on the other side where Rob is able to catch her and Jeff falls and hits the ground. They then run away, losing the cops, presumably for good. So we now see the two cops talking to each other. First cop says to the other, those fuckers are up to something. I know it. And the second cop says, let's go back to the car. We can figure out what that something is. Tell you what, that's... I, it's, it's strange hearing that big chase uh, part of it, actually hearing it out loud. It it, it, re- it reads better than I've written it, and I actually have some changes to make to it now that I've actually heard it out loud, which is nice. It, it's action, so like it's it's not like mm. anyone's going to hear they the words, it. but more so that... So when you say you're going to make edits, do you mean... Just, just thinking about it actually play out live, I'd probably write it so it flows better. Our next scene, we're on another street. It's still nighttime. The group have been running and they're starting to slow down, thinking that they've left the cops behind and they are breathing heavily. No one speaks for a few seconds before Jeff says, ow. And Matt asks, what? And Jeff goes, shit, my back. 
Tyler goes, guys, we're only about two blocks away from the school now. And so Rob goes, all right, guys, come on. We have to go back. I bet you anything those cops have called it in and are looking for us right now. And Matt says, ah, but we're so close. And Allison says, no, we aren't. We? Jesus Christ, there is no we. I'm going home. You guys are just weird. And so Jeff says, to be honest, the cops are looking for us. If we go home, they're definitely going to find us. And so we quickly cut to the cops in their squad car. And the first cop says to the other one, should we call it in? And the second cop just says, <laughs> nah. But of course, our uh, our budding heroes don't realize this. And so cut back to the, to the group. And Tyler says, yeah, they'd never think of us being at the school. And Rob just says, this is so dumb. But Matt says, come on. And Rob says, fuck me. And they all start walking, some of them pretty <laughs> hesitantly. The shot cuts back to Matt's basement. And we see Matt's mother walking through the house, looking for Matt and the boys, but she can't find them. She goes down to the basement and looks around. She can't find them and then notices an ashtray with a half-smoked joint. She picks it up to have a closer look. But as she does so, we hear the doorbell ring. She goes up the stairs to the door to answer it. And it's Rob's father. And Donna, that would be Matt's mother, says to Rob's father, Ben, Ben, uh, what are you doing here so late? And Ben says... I'm looking for Rob. He should have been home by now. I thought all the boys went home. I've I've been looking for Matt. Uh, hold on, I'll, I'll I'll call Rob now. And Ben takes out his phone to ring Rob's phone. Oh, it's gone straight to voicemail. He must have turned it off. Oh God, we have to go looking for them. I I, I bet they're out there fooling around. Come on, we'll take my car. Uh, I'll I'll just grab my coat. And so now we see an interior shot of Ben's car, and Ben is waiting for Donna to get her coat and come to the car. He's trying to ring Rob again when Donna gets into the car. Donna asks, any luck? No, voicemail again. Well, where are we going to start looking? I'd say just drive around the block for a bit, see if we can spot them. Donna says, okay. God, I hope they're all right. This night just couldn't get any worse. So Ben asks, why? Is is everything okay? And Donna says, yeah, it, it, it's fine. It's just, it's just been a long day, that's all. Ben says, yeah, I get you. And now... After that scene, we're cutting back to our gang. Ryan, would you, do you have any comments on that short scene? I would like to say that I quite like that we get to see the cuts back to mm, the home. Yeah. And like in, a lot of time in these kind of teen stories, you, you focus entirely on the group. I like that you're giving focus to the peripheral characters and allowing them to kind of be fleshed out. And well, yeah, well, it, it just makes sense. You can't have, a, say, a group of teenagers and not think, well, hold on, where are their parents and all of this? Or, you know, there's other things around in the world that's happening. It would just make sense that parents would go looking for kids if they were off somewhere, or at least they try and get in contact. They, they, they don't just, oh, yeah, they don't absolutely, just not like, exist when a story happens. I, I just like that it actually is happening on screen, mm. rather than just having them, like, run up to the kids at the end and say, oh my god, I we know. were so worried about you. Actually getting to see it, I, I think hate, really I, I honestly hate that at the end of a movie where there's, you know, teenagers or kids or something, and it's like, oh, the parents are here for five minutes, where were you the whole time? Uh, okay, so we're outside the school, boys and Alison have just arrived, and they stop to form a plan, and so Rob asks... Dude, come on, you can't really be considering this. Matt says, why not? We're just going in, getting the watch, and getting out. It's simple. No, it's not simple. It's breaking and entering. And if we get caught, and so Tyler interjects, if, if we get caught, which we won't. And Allison says, all right, sorry guys, I hate to be the voice of reason here, but you can't just break in. Even if you do, how do you know the teacher left it in the desk? He could have moved it anywhere else. Tyler says, actually, that's a fair point. And Rob says, what the fuck, man? You're the one who said it was in the desk. Tyler says, and it is, which creates an awkward silence. And so Matt says, come on, 
this is the sort of thing we're going to talk about forever. And Salison says, look, I'm out of here. You guys are nuts. And Alison starts to walk away. The boys look toward Jeff. Jeff says, what? So Matt says, dude, she knows too much. If the cops find her, she'll rat us out. Rob says, nobody has to rat anyone out because we aren't doing this. Matt and Tyler continue to look at Jeff. Jeff says, I'll try and convince her, but I, I can't make her do it. Tyler goes, way to go, champ. And Rob just goes, I'm going to hit you. Jeff starts running after Allison saying, Allison, Allison, wait up. And Allison says, look, Jeff, I have to go home. Okay, this is too nuts for me. And I, I barely know any of you. At which point Jeff says, come on, it'll be cool. And we can call it a, a, a second date. A second date, really? Yeah? You just think I'm going to rat on you. No, I don't think you'll rat. I mean, they do. <sighs> Fuck you guys. I'm no snitch. If I was, I would have told those cops about the weed. What weed? Oh, come on. You guys reek of it. I'm not an idiot. Wow. Um, okay. <sighs> okay. I'll do this. But if it goes south, I'm out of here. I may not be a snitch, but I have no problem leaving you dorks behind. At which point, Alison turns around, walks back over to the guys, and Jeff is left standing there. At which point, Jeff says to himself, I'm in love. And we cut back to the gang. At which point Matt says, okay guys, here's the plan. Rob says, we go home. And Matt says, look man, if you don't want to be here, then just go. Because this is happening with or without you. Fine. Fine. Fuck this. And Rob starts walking away. Tyler says, he's going to come back, right? And Jeff says, I mean, it doesn't look like it. So Matt says, all right, forget him. This is what we do. We sneak in at the back of the gym. The emergency exit is this old shitty door that I'm sure if we give it a good push, it'll give way. Then we go through the locker rooms, then boom. All we have to do is go to Mr. Goldberg's class on the third floor, get the watch out of the desk, and back out the way we came. Easy. Malison says, that actually does sound easy. And Jeff chimes in, wow, yeah, I thought this was going to be a lot more complicated. And Tyler just says, piece of cake. Matt, the leader of the gang, says, all right, let's do this. So... We now cut back to the parents in Ben's car. Okay, I, I, you know, I think we'll end it there as well. Um, I think that's a good, that's a good amount. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I think Alison's my favorite character. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I, I'm fond of her so far. I know that I, I want to make her this really smart, independent person because uh, I, 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 I don't want to fall into the trap of having five people all being the same person and no one actually being any different and just trying to write her it's actually quite fun thinking of ways she could be very smart or um, ways she could do things differently or think differently yeah absolutely um, I, I think it's useful to have kind of the she, she almost represents the audience's perspective in that like because it is one of those things mm. where like it's very easy to get wrapped up in your own shit and you know, when you're in the middle of something, everything seems to make sense. And it isn't until you see someone from the outside coming in and saying, what the fuck are you talking about? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Why are you breaking into a school? What is wrong with you people? Yeah, because they're already in it. So I wanted to ask, of all the, all that you've read and listened to so far, what do you, like, what, how do you think the story's going to go? And what do you think in general? Uh, well, you actually, I, I don't know if you were pulling a fake out, but... The, the way that you set up Rob being guilty from the outset in reference to Veronica, 
I was I was fairly certain that was going to wind up that he was he was the the one that she was cheating with. Yeah, that was intentional. That was intentional. So that that was a misdirect. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cuz it's I, obvious all oh, his best friend cheating on him with his girlfriend. That's it's so dumb. That know? that that's true. And and I and I do like that the the you subverted that in that like just yeah. just because it's it's interesting to see that he like it almost speaks more to how much he cares about his friend in that like he wants so badly not to hurt him he would go as far as almost an act of betrayal in that he doesn't yeah. tell Matt what's going on just because he wants to spare him the pain and he hopes which i i guess is kind of vainly but he hopes that Veronica will do the right thing. Yeah, and it's I I wanted to also explore because it's this gen, this whole idea is actually it's not about breaking into a school and having a wild time. It's actually about relationships. Oh, absolutely. How people see them and how they affect other people. Like I I I really I really like the idea of say Matt's relationship breaking down while he's also watching his mother's go through a hard time and thinking oh fuck, and then also Rob and Matt's relationship hopefully will get pulled and stretched and you know tested so it's yeah you know, and and also we have a well a budding love relationship but i actually i don't know how it's going to go with allison and jeff I think yeah it could, be, it could be too corny to have them together at the end but i would like to if maybe if they had a bit of a romance and even if it didn't work out you still have your you know well you or she, she, she could end up being with someone else in the group even exactly yeah it could go it could go anyway there, oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, possibilities there. What I really want to do is I want to flesh out Veronica a lot more. I don't want her to be the bad guy. Right, yeah, because you're, you're, you're doing a good job of giving your characters quite a bit of agency and motive. And so it would be weird to just have the one character who's just flat out, no, she's just not a good person. There is no redemption for her. That doesn't exist in real life. There's no just flat out bad person in a situation like this. There's Absolutely. always a layer somewhere. Yeah. Well, and so do you want me to go through through the notes that I've taken on your episode so far? Okay, so in the first episode, you said you weren't sure if you would keep Halo as the game. I actually think picking Halo 3 is really good because it sets the context really well in that, like, as soon as... I mean, obviously, this isn't true of everyone, but as soon as I heard Halo, I thought, okay, mid-2000s, it's kids sitting around uh, just, just playing games with their friends. And that... It's one small detail that packs a lot of context really easily. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a good shout. Ty- Tyler's scene with the watch in school of like not being able to turn off beeping, extremely relatable. Everyone has been there. Everyone has been the one dickhead in the college lecture who has been, <laughs> whose phone is going <laughs> off and they can't silence it and it's a, just a nightmare. Yeah. Um, did the watch, uh, based, based on the scene with Tyler and his father, am I correct in thinking that the watch might have belonged to Tyler's mother? Yes, that's, that's, that's the idea. Yeah. Okay. And, and so that's something I wanted to ask about. Is that something you're just going to allude to or is that going to be explored? Because I could understand if that was just an illusion and you're just leaving it in the subtext because some things do need to just be left in the subtext. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you're, you're about an episode too early to find out. Okay, so that will be explored more later. Yeah, I, I have this idea of his character, and I, I also don't want to put everyone's character out from the get-go. I I think it'd be bored if you knew everything about everyone at the start. And it, at least as you go through, you're always learning something new and different levels. The way that Alison is constantly saying, why are you bothering to do this? And the way Rob is going to walk away. And like, I can understand how whoever's playing Tyler would be able to get a lot of pain in there. In that they could show mm. like, 
like this isn't just some dumb watch. This is a really important thing to me. And the fact that he's not and and I suppose the fact that his watch isn't being taken seriously does parallel well with how he's not taken seriously in the group. Yeah, no, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, really, and it's actually something I haven't thought about where totally yet, so it could be the one that they don't really, you know, they're his friend, but he's not taken seriously by them, and he maybe has to just say something to them or have an explosion of, look, I what I'm thinking is important, or how I feel is important, and this is important to me. Oh, well, I because I, I was basing that off of, I thought in one of the earlier episodes you said that he's kind of the one who just... It, was it himself or was it maybe Jeff? Maybe, maybe I'm confusing the characters. There's one of them who you said like kind of says random, less um, appropriate things just in order to be listened to. Yeah, that's Tyler, yeah. Then, yeah, I, th- I think that that ties in well in that like he is kind of, he's he's trying to make his mark among his friends. Yeah, yeah. I and think, I, th- yeah. I think that that ties really well into the, the watch subplot. That's why I think he's hanging on to it a little bit because this is the first time it's kind of been about him and even it's not. So yeah, because Matt's Matt's making it about himself instead. Yeah, which is also a, another thing I want to hit on in later later pages of the script. Yeah, it's it is interesting how Matt seems to be the thing that everything revolves around. Like like to to the point that even when when Matt decides, all right, we're going off and we're doing this, some random stranger who he's never met also feels compelled. Like like, sure, she has the the motive of getting the money. But she's like she wouldn't run away from cops and help them do all this if she wasn't in some way compelled by them. Like Matt yeah. seems to have a real force of personality that he can pull people in like that. I know, and I, it's, that's it's something I've been trying to write, um, unsuccessfully and successfully in certain uh, areas. Um, but I also think you know when it comes to making a film, you have to have an actual what. What these people are just on page right now. I think when it comes to having actors or something, having a guy like that, it's very important to have, make him charismatic and have someone who's charismatic. Otherwise, you can't believe it. You don't think. Well, why oh yeah, you'll, go you'll with need. This person? Matt is probably going to be the hardest role to cast. the The scene between Ben and Rob at the start uh, is, I think, a little drawn out. Like I understand that you're trying to hit very hard that like Rob is hiding something and it's it's not a good thing, but it seems mm-hmm. it it seems a bit long in the tooth. That, like, I just think if a teenager was being sat down by their parents and their parents were saying, like, this isn't good, you need to do better than this, you need to do the right thing. And a teenager's first instinct would be to get as far away from that conversation as possible, not participate. Yeah. So I would I would maybe, if you're open to the idea, I would consider maybe writing that as rather than they have a dialogue about it, he, like, Ben attempts to reach out to his son over this and he instead gets completely shut down. Because Rob, Rob isn't unaware that what he's doing is wrong. He knows he's he knows it's wrong, but he's doing it to protect his friend. Yeah. But he like he doesn't want to hear that from his dad. Yeah, I I told I totally get you. Um, that actually makes a lot of sense thinking about it now. Yeah, I I even I've done it before when I was a teenager. It's just when someone's tried to sit you down and talk to you, you don't want to know it if you are if because you already think you're right and you think you know what you're doing. Oh yeah. So you think you think you know everything when you're a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite line so far. Uh, of your script has been when uh, I is I think Jeff says to Alison, I didn't think you wanted to call me, and she says, "Well, I didn't, but it would have been nice." Yeah. That's absolutely brutal, and I love it. It's actually happened to me before where you don't text someone, and they're like, "Why didn't you text me?" And you're like, "I didn't think you wanted that." It's like, I mean, to be fair, I didn't, but like you know, out of courtesy or you know, just it would be the polite thing to do. <laughs> And that's sometimes yeah. worse than, you know, making a shit time of something or 
You just not. It's nice oh, to get actually, reassurance. I just there's just something so like she, she cuts to the bone of him so easily by just saying, "Well, like no, obviously I didn't want you to call me, but you still could have been nice about it." Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> and that's why I like her. I think she. I think she can be the very honest and sensible person, and as well as having a personality and being fun, which I I hope to try absolutely. And make. Because it'd be very easy to make her the strict. Oh no, and I, I think she comes across through lines like that that she's like she seems when she says things like that, she seems quite self possessed, and you know she's not lacking in confidence. I I wouldn't go as far as to say arrogant because that hasn't come across yet mm. anyway. But like being able to say like I didn't want you to call, but you still should have, means that like she she knows her worth and her. Her value, and yeah. I like that. Yeah, and oh, that's important. I think try and make everyone know what their value is, and what they can bring to a situation or a group or a relationship is very important. My other favorite line, just because I think it really captures the teenage mental state, is "What did she smell like?" That, because that's that's such a funny like no one in their right mind would think to ask that, but when you're a teenager, you're just like. Yeah, I want to know what she smelled like. <laughs> You're not the that's first so person to, to say that was their favorite line, or that there was one of them they liked. You're not the first person to say that's so strange because I th- I wrote it and I was like, this is dumb. I'll be taking this out. No, like it is dumb, but teenagers are dumb, and that's why it works so well. It's so fitting. That's like, it like that's why I like that line. I think you're probably one of the fifth person to say, and they've read it and they've actually laughed. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, I oh know that gave me a good laugh. That's interesting. What you smell like. And then um, I also, the, the other thing that I really like so far is every time that uh, Jeff starts flying off the handle, how everyone around him seems to just go, wow, dude, too far. Yeah, that was really harsh. Yeah, that was cold. Like, how, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you're, is that going to be like a running joke? Because I like that idea that like every time he goes, he gets slightly angry. Everyone around is just like, ooh, bit harsh there, bud. Yeah, nah, a bit cold there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It kind of just happened. It happened a few times, just naturally in my head. And I, the, the second time I did it, I forgot I had done it the first time. I like it as a running joke. <laughs> yeah. I wa- See, I have a problem with running jokes is that they're done too much. But it's interesting you said that. And it's quite early on, so maybe I could bring it back later on. Or Oh, yeah. like I, I'm not saying, like, God, don't don't be one of those. Like, you're, you're not writing this as a hammy kind of thing like this isn't a panto you're not gonna be like referencing it every two seconds but even even like if it comes back at some pivotal moment i don't know i just love a callback yeah i actually there was something i want to ask you during the scene where the cops are almost interrogating the guys you actually read some of it as if it was one cop and i was reading it or I, i was listening to you read it and it was actually very interesting to maybe have it one cop rather than two you know and it it made it made me think and I, I, I don't know if I will take away one of the cops or or keep it as two, but it's something no, like, really good to think I, about. I, I, could see that, I could see that there could there would probably still be two cops in the car, but I think if they're still in the car and they're talking to people outside the car, only the person on the side of the car next to the to the gang is going to be the ones talking to them. Yeah, and that's interesting as well. But I did like that. I, I, I didn't realise that that was two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's my blunder. Apologies. Well, I tell you what, it was a blunder that I actually made me think, and it was it was actually I'm glad you did it. It's funny because I wouldn't have thought about it in my head. It's only once I've started to, and that's kind of the whole point of this. I find it easier to write things when I'm reading it out loud, and then I can see what works and what doesn't work. Oh, absolutely! It it never works to just read something on a page. You have to like pace around your room and say it out loud to actually hear how you're saying things. Yeah, yeah. That's that's essential. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's why I love that you're doing this podcast project. I think it's so interesting to like take collaboration 
beyond a couple of people and make it anyone on the internet who wants to pitch in with their ideas can be part of this script. I think that's, I've never heard of that before. Well, it, I don't know. I, I thought I was actually, I was afraid that I would have stumbled on something that was already done. And I, like, it was funny because I really just sat down one day and I couldn't write anything. I couldn't do it. And then I started reading out loud, like in just in an empty room. And then I could, oh, I got a page done here. Oh, I got two pages done. And I was like, oh, well, it'd be interesting to see what other people would think then of how writing and reading out loud would work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Um, okay, well, I, 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 I like it so far. I'm looking forward to seeing where the script goes. Brilliant. Especially... It, it, it's weird. One of the things I'm actually most looking forward to seeing now is like, where where do Ben and Donna go? Mm. Like, what, what do they do with their evening? That's one of the things that I'm most intrigued by at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm looking forward to writing that as well. Um, So I just want to say we're on page 32 right now and there's 10 more pages left. Um, I'm going to write about 20 pages before the next episode. And then I will have three more episodes and then I'll write, I'll write pages as I go. Um, but I would love to hear if anyone has anything to say. I might end it there. Um, so I just want to say thanks to Bob uh, for coming on uh, so early into the podcast's life. I've been accepted by Apple Podcasts, so you can find this on Apple Podcasts if you're not listening to it already. Um, called Just look up the read-through and it should come up straight away. Or you can go to my Facebook page, um, Winged Rex Productions, at W-I-N-G-E-D-R-E-X Productions, um, and you can listen to it there as well. Uh, thanks for listening.